SFM Radio and at Patricia N. Dooley. This part of the program is not suitable for sensitive listeners and for anyone under the age of 18. Note that the views expressed on this show are not that of the station or the presenter. A-team is uh, 17 minutes after 11. As I said earlier, uh, Jackie Pamuza is no longer available uh, to join us this evening due to her devices uh, being uh, um, switched off because of load shedding and they were not being able to charge. However, Dr. Mpumela Lungube has graciously agreed to join us this evening and has suggested that we should be talking about how we as South Africans can deal with racism in uh, this evolving society of ours. Now, Dr. Mpumela Lungube is the HOD and Senior Lecturer at the Department of Social Work at the University of the Free State. Dr. Ngube, thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you very much, Dr. Ngube. I trust that you are well in the age well, wherever they are. Well, uh, Dr. Ngube, I'm so glad that uh, you are open and free to talk about how we can deal with racism in our society. And it seems that it's it's no longer uh, a blatant racism that we see, but a subtle one. Am I correct in saying this? You are right, Sotole. Um, racism has been uh, with us, particularly people of color, for, for centuries on end. Um, and it seems um, as the society evolves, it also takes different shapes and kinds and, and shapes as it presents uh, itself to us. And you are very right that while it used to be very overt, it used to be out there, it was yeah, you would make you know that now this is racism as it was presenting itself. Now it comes in, in these subtle shades. Sometimes you may not even be in a position to know whether this is racism or not. But uh, so, in short, to answer your question, yes, now it is very subtle than it was before. All right, so now you're making me get a bit worried when you say at times you may not even know if it's racism or not. So how do we define racism, especially in these evolving uh, times that we are living in and when it can be so subtle? Yeah, when, 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 basically when we're looking at what racism um, in its broader sense is, is, these will be prejudices or you're talking of discrimination or any form of antagonism that um, an individual or a community or even uh, an institution that uh, it, can, it may have against um, a person on the basis of, the, of their race. So now when you're saying it used to be overt, as you, if you want to refer back to colonialism, you know, the segregation that happened, uh, even when it comes to now we are heading towards the 1st of November where people will be voting uh, and we're quite aware that uh, as black people, we didn't have that, uh, there wasn't that universal suffrage where um, everybody was to vote as when uh, it is the term presented itself. Uh, it was, um, you know, along the racial lines and uh, the vast majority of, of, of our people, of black people, didn't have that right to vote. And you know that uh, this is all the best, it's purely on, on, on racial lines, and you see that this, this is racism, and including the manner in which um, poverty was dealt with, you'll remember in the early, uh, or rather, mid um, the 20th century around about 1920s to 1930s um, where South Africa was dealing with what they termed the white white poverty um, and they established the Kamich Commission to deal with poverty and it came up with recommendations that uh, government needed to come up with ways of dealing with um, with white po- with, with poverty and while poverty was affecting everybody particularly black people 
uh, but the recommendations was that was that um, the government had to come up with ways of, of dealing with white poverty, um, and that was of it. You could see that yes, this is uh, this is racism, and now coming to the time in which we're living in, it is quite now clear that um, we are we are seeing racism presenting itself in a very subtle way, um, in a way in which you cannot sometimes, you, you may wonder whether it is racism or not. And it ranges from even the facial expressions that one might um, give you. You, you. you might take them for granted, but you realize that why... It, would this individual, perhaps looking at a white person, have certain facial expressions when looking at a, or, or a, a black person, uh, but when looking at other white people, those the facial expressions wouldn't be there. And the issue that when you get to 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 a, to a store where there are different people of different races, uh, as a black person and uh, everybody around, they start looking at whether their their bags or their wallets uh, their wallets are, are tucked tight with them, so that um, you know because a black person has just walked in, he he might just be a criminal. So that is very subtle, um, and you can't even confront the, the next person of saying, "Why are you holding your bag tight as, as I'm walking in?" So that is a form of racism on its own. That is uh, that is presenting itself on on racial lines. Petition. I know. I know I'm playing the devil's advocate here, but could it be possible that there could be also a bit of reverse racism happening, um, whereas, you know, now you look at the prospects of uh, a broad-based black empowerment, and uh, just like there was the white poverty rule that happened back in the day, could this possibly be yeah. seen um, by others uh, as reverse racism? I'm, I'm struggling to hear. Sorry, I'm struggling to hear you because it's just raining cats and dogs here where I am. So it has, oh, yeah, but goodness. I heard that. Yes, I hear that you're talking about uh, reverse uh, racism, um, and perhaps you mm-hmm. also talk, spoke about um, black economic empowerment. Am I right? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. You're correct, Doctor. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now, you, you see, where where racism is concerned, it is a, a, a an element, as you'll see, as you'll have had um, in, in certain quarters where we talk of racism, they say it is, is a, it is an aspect that is, that is imbued uh, in power. Uh, if you do not have power, you cannot display racism. We've had such um, such statements, but if you do not have power, there's no way in which you can uh, display racism. So in most cases, um, it had to do with um, um, making the, the other race feel inferior while uh, you make your own race so much superior. And as you know, that the genesis it comes, um, it, 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 it was, it was um, underpinned by white supremacy and, of course, the inferiority of the black race. And, and, and so forth. So now, when you say now, particularly the, the, the example that you you highlighting, where you're talking of black economic empowerment. Now, over these centuries, black, blacks have been subjected to this racism. That in the continuum of development, unfortunately, the black race has been held back in such a way that um, it was deliberate. And no matter how much a black, black individual would try and advance their own life, they wouldn't afford to do that because. Uh, the system and structurally it was designed in such a way that a black individual would not do would not advance. So now here comes a democratic um, government and in, in, in light of all the oppression that the blacks suffered then comes up with ways 
through which they can um, now try and facilitate and fast track the, the development of, of the black race. So now you can now talk about black economic empowerment. And that, 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 that kind of um, racial democracy will be justified because you are trying to bring about um, equality. You are, you are trying to bring about equity amongst different races. You are trying to give an advantage to a, a race that has been oppressed for centuries. And that advantage will be justified, even legally will be justified, because um, it, is, it is only noble that while these ones were, uh, were progressing, this other race was not progressing. So let us ensure that we come up with, with the laws and, and then policies that will, will also bring these ones um, to par with the race that has been advancing. So I, I wouldn't say that is reverse uh, racism. Um, it, it, it isn't reverse racism uh, because in, in this case it is justified. And you are not even, as you are advancing the needs of the black race uh, in, in this way, in the form of black uh, economic, you are not holding back the advancement of, the, of, of, of any other race. You are not. You are not saying why they are advancing these ones. We are putting structures and measures to ensure that they are not advancing. They are still advancing in the manner in which they have been advancing. But now we are saying let us also fast track um, the advancement, the development of this other race that has always been um, oppressed for, for for centuries and years. A-teamers, we are in a conversation with Dr. Ngbe and uh, we are talking about dealing with racism in our evolving society. I'd love to hear from you. Do you feel that we still have subtle uh, racism within our communities, in our schools, in our workplaces, when you enter into a particular establishment um, in certain communities? Or do you feel that we are all living as one as a rainbow nation? Please do let us know. Join in in the conversation by dialing zero one one seven one four two double zero six or you can WhatsApp zero six one four one zero four one zero seven. I've got a, a voice note here. Let's uh, go to it. Good evening, Doc. Uh, I wanted to ask a question. Does taking a knee mean anything at all? In your opinion, Doc, I'd like to hear your honest opinion. Does taking a knee mean anything? As we have seen uh, recently, there's a cricketer who refused to take a knee. Go ahead, Dr. Ngube. Please do respond to our A-teamer. Okay. Thank you very much, Dr. Ole. Now, you see, when we, 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 I'm sure he's referring to Quentin Peacock, um, who refused to take a knee, but he has since apologized again. But let us try and unpack that a little bit. You, you remember the culture of taking uh, a knee. Um, it, it came from the American football, basically, in, in 2016, where, where Colin and Eric, uh, they, they, they had to take a resolution that before they start their game, they take a knee to try and bring attention to issues of racial inequality uh, and police brutality. So from 2016, right up to where we are now, that has become a symbol of, 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 of highlighting um, these issues of racial uh, inequality and police brutality. But then you remember again, I think it was further catapulted by uh, what happened uh, in 2020. You remember on the 25th of May, 2020, um, you know, in America, um, uh, George Floyd was killed by a policeman um, who had his knee on his neck um, for, for, for just over uh, eight minutes. Um, and during that period, he, he was bleeding for his life, indicating that he was suffocated 
circulating until he died of cardiac arrest. So now, and, and from there, you'll see that it gains momentum, uh, that now people begin to take a knee. Um, if we are to look at the genesis of the knee, as, as I've just indicated, that in 2016, that's how it started. It's a, it's a noble cause, to, uh, you know, highlighting those issues of racial inequality and police brutality, of course, uh, in, in, in the American context. And now, if, you, if, if, that was, if we didn't have the background of George Floyd, that, 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 that was, um, for me, it, it is a noble thing to do. It is a good thing for people to do. You will take a knee to try and be in solidarity. You, you are in solidarity, but also you're also highlighting those critical issues. Because one way or the other, they need to be addressed. Unfortunately, they are not being addressed at the pace at which um, it's supposed to, because you are seeing people's lives being, um, being lost as a result of um, racial inequality and police brutality in the context of uh, of America. But now, when when coming to, because you have heard people also accentuate, uh, accentuating this issue of George Floyd to say, we are taking a knee because we are remembering how George Floyd died. But I can imagine now, if um, if I were George Floyd, uh, if I were in George Floyd's shoes, or wherever I might be in the spiritual realm, seeing people kneeling because they are remembering the way in which I died, I wonder if that would be the best way of remembering me. Now I'm I'm only isolating this case now of George Floyd, not not tying it to uh, how taking any started in 2016. So it will be best that you, you you find a different way of remembering George Floyd as opposed to taking a knee. But if you are removing George Floyd in the picture and going to a way it started in 2016, it will be the right thing because you are highlighting the issues of inequality. It doesn't matter whether you're black or white or whatever race you might be. You are also in solidarity with everybody uh, who's highlighting issues of inequality. But it's not just an, an issue of saying, I have to do it because somebody else is doing. It must be a principled action that one takes and says, I'm against racial, racial inequality. I'm against racialism. Um, and of course, if it, it, in that context, again, of America, I'm also against um, police brutality on, on, on racial lines. So it will be inappropriate. So in this case, now coming to what um, uh, Quentin de Kock um, uh, did, in his explanation, he indicates that he did not, because there was no engagement uh, between, uh, the, between the authorities, uh, Cricket South Africa, and the team, the national team, there was no engagement. So in, in, his, in his own thinking, he was that, I do not have to take a knee in order for me to be seen that I'm fighting racialism um, and any form of inequality. Because I believe that where racism is concerned, we have to stand for it. We have, uh, in fact, we have to stand against it. The, the appropriate way is to stand against it. So for him, in his apology, indicates that I believe that we have to stand against it. So if we have to take a knee, somehow we are bowing to it. Because in, in, in any difference, in any in situation where you see, whether you see an individual or you see whatever, you, anything that you respect, you take a knee, you are, you, you are bowing, you are bowing to that. So in his own thinking, that's what he, he thought, that if I have to take a knee, I'm bound to it. So I don't have to bow to racism. I have to stand against racism. That's what he thought. But look, the attachment to different actions, and in this case, taking a knee um, has been, the, the meaning attached to taking a knee has been that we are actually standing against racism, which is what, um, and again, I think this could have come up had there been um, in a, what's called a conversation between Cricket South Africa and the, and, and, and the national team players to say, what do you think? Should we take a knee or should we not? Because it, it doesn't mean that if it was done in America, then we have to do it in here in South Africa. Different actions have got different meanings uh, in, 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 depending on the context. We may say here in South Africa, 
we want to stand against racism and everybody has to stand. Or we say, okay, no, let, let us also you know, be in the same bandwagon with what, what is happening in America when we want to stand against racism. Let us also take a knee and have that end symbol of, fight, of fighting or standing against against racism. So in this case, I don't think, um, I, don't, I wouldn't outright uh, condemn what Clinton Dickox uh, did um, because there wasn't that engagement and he had, he had his own uh, meaning attached to, 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 to taking a knee and for him fighting racism we needed to stand against it as opposed to bowing, uh, uh, bowing to it. Well, you know, it's very interesting that even in social work or the social sciences, um, it is clear that different actions have different meanings. And sometimes, you know, um, one can feel offended racially uh, or feel discriminated against because of certain actions that were not intended in that way. And this particular um, issue and the case around Dukok is very clear that we can misunderstand or misinterpret some actions that were innocent to being offensive. Um, let's go to a caller. We've got uh, a Anonymous on the line. A-Team Anonymous, how are you this evening? I'm fine, ma'am. Uh, I'm fine, Miss Ndoli. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Okay, thank you. Miss uh, Ndoli, you see the subject. Uh, it's a very emotional and it's a very tough one, you know, to handle because... Uh, we can never deal with uh, racism, Mama. No matter what we can say, no matter what we can do, and we, we, you, you know it, and even your guest knows it, because racism didn't start uh, before 1994 or didn't start in during 1948 or 1947. You know, racism started long way before, more than like 500 years before. You know. You, we, we all know it. It started, it will take another 500 years and something to deal with it, you know. As long as we, we have places like uh, Orania, and we've had, as long as we've got places, uh, people like uh, DA and VF, and um, people Afroforum, as long as we've got those things, you know, racism will never deal. And in order, in, in order for you to be racist, you know, you need uh, to, to have power to control, you know. You, you need to have power. For example, you see now currently the, the global north is, is controlling the global south. And I want to ask your guest there, is he, uh, uh, does he know that... Uh, May, may he please explain me, he, him, can he explain to me what I'm asking, that the global north is controlling the whole of the world. Does he know that? Thank you, Ms. Ndudi. Thank you very much, Anonymous A-Teamer. Dr. Ngube, please weigh in. Yes, thank you very much. Um, uh, and um, the HMO, thank you very much for, for that contribution. And he's right, Mandoli, um, uh, when he indicates that there has been centuries, um, you know, of racism, uh, and uh, the black, uh, the black uh, race has been subjected to that kind of racism for centuries on end. So, and, but then where we decide to where he says it will never end. You know, racism, one is not born a racist. It is a learned behavior. 
you learn it. You know, you 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 acquire it from your circumstances, from your environment, from your community, from your society, from your family. You learn it. So any learned behavior can be unlearned. You can unlearn um anything that you've learned before. So 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 the same applies to racism. You can unlearn. So it's a, it takes the willingness of people. You know, people as a collective. It starts with an individual, though. There are people who were raised in, in such circumstances where they were taught to hate, to, to, to hate a, a person of a different race. Uh, but then, as they grew up and they started rationalizing things, they saw it that it wasn't uh, the appropriate thing to do. And now you find them mingling and appreciating every other person of a different race as, uh, and as, as equal. They view them as their own equal um, to their own race. So it is. It, it is not true that it can never be. Perhaps you can say, yes, it will take time. It, it will take time. Yes, indeed, that's true. But we have to have actions that indicate that we are fighting against racism. That's why you find that in certain circumstances, there are legislations against racism. You know, legislation, there are certain things that you can't do, um, and it be, otherwise you'll be on the wrong side of the law. So it, it, it is quite clear. Those are all attempts to fight racism. So as a people, we need to say, because we, we, we those who have been, you know, uh, indoctrinated or have been taught to be to be racist, they've learned to be racist. It is now up to them to say, now that I've learned, or now that I'm, I'm coming across these platforms where I'm being taught that racism is not a good thing to, um, to 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 embrace, can I unlearn it? As I unlearn it, how do I ensure that whatever I learned, I also don't pass it on to my to my children? Because it, it, it becomes a, 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 a cyclical thing if you've learned racism and now you're passing on to your own children. The likelihood is that your own children will also pass it on to the next generation as well. So it is important that we take a purposeful step that we also end it. If you've learned racism, let it end with you. And as it ends with you, you are also trying to unlearn, but never pass it on to the next generation. Then there comes the question again that says the global north is controlled by, um, or the global north controls the global south. That, that, that is a naked truth. Um, that's why you hear even students at some point in time had to, 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 to protest and say, we want, we want a decolonized education. Why did they call for a decolonized education? It is precisely for the fact that they were quite aware that what kind of um, content is this that I'm taught where I don't see myself in it, where I don't see my own people in it, where I don't see my history in it? If I can't see myself, I don't see my people, I don't see my history in it, then it means it does not belong to me. That's why students have to be up in arms and say, look, let us, let us um, uh, call for um, a decolonized education. If you're looking at um, a, a, any, any study guide, you realize that all the recommended books in there are written um, by individuals from, from the global north. And not just, it, it, not just any individual, most of them being white males uh, from the global north. So we are saying now, as individuals in the global south, are we not in a position to produce knowledge? Have we not had people who have produced knowledge in the past? The, the, the answer to that, there's, there's been quite a lot that has been produced. Knowledge production has been ha- happening in Africa uh, from the time in Memorial. So we are saying that knowledge is valuable to us as the people um, in, the global, in the global South. So we want to see that knowledge uh, um, uh, being in. Being, uh, being reflected in all the study guides, being reflected, being brought forth so 
that we learn about it. We need to center, bring to the center all the knowledges, the indigenous knowledges of, of the people of the, of the South. And of course, and as we center this kind of knowledge, we are not saying discard any knowledge or anything or any development from the from the north because that that, that is unfortunately that will be um will be undoing our own our own development as people because whatever knowledge we've gotten from the from the north it has played its role there in our lives uh, in the global south. But we are saying we cannot, therefore, be looking at individuals uh, who all the time, or the second, second citizens of the world, where the first citizens are those from the global north and the second citizens are us in the global south. We are saying we want to be in the center as well. We want to be recognized. And we are not only calling to be recognized. We are saying we are able to take ourselves to the center. And our actions must show, us, show and reveal to the world that we are actually gravitating towards the center and none should attempt to block but there are a lot a lot of there are a lot of hackers um in, in getting to the center and even this resistance to ensure that those in the global south they will gravitate towards the center so it is those resistances um including racism um that we need to deal, deal with uh, address adequately so that we move um, at, at least at a faster pace than we, we are doing now to the to the uh, to, to to the center. At some point in time, Africa was referred to as the dark continent. It was dark in the sense that um, our knowledge uh, were, were, were not written anywhere. Even though it was there, it wasn't written anywhere. So now it is the time that we take our indigenous, indigenous knowledges, we ensure that we record. Well, anything that is recorded, it is bound to be passed from generation to generation. So unfortunately, in most of the times, our knowledges were, were largely not recorded. So we are now recording, and in fact, they are pioneers who recorded uh, knowledge. So as we come as well, it is our time now Let us ensure that we record and we're basing, basing this on the knowledge on the knowledge that is the way we recorded in the past. Uh, you know, Dr. Ngube, we've just received a message here from Voyo asking very pertinent questions. He says, please mm-hmm. ask why do we expect people of different races to get along with people of the same race uh, when people of the same race barely tolerate each other? Yes, that is a, that is a different question altogether. There's, even even if you look at even those races that uh, we are saying um, you, you know oppressed other races, for instance, look at the white race that oppressed the black race. Amongst themselves, it will be um, naive of us to think that they all all get along, they understand each other, and so forth and so on. That is not entirely true. But that being the case, they managed to come together and say, let us go and oppress other races, and they did that, and they were successful. The same applies to us, particularly as the black. Race. We will have our own differences. The differences are bound to be there. And in fact, the kind of differences that we are, we need to embrace them. We need to embrace diversity amongst us as the black race. And as we embrace that diversity, we are acknowledging that we are different in so many ways, but we are also embracing that diversity. And then we then say, while we are doing, we acknowledge that we are different in the manner in which we are, we also need to to confront this that um, sticks out to oppress us as a black nation. And because we, we can never be 
anything, we can never amount to anything as blacks if there is a race that is on top of another race and sees itself as superior and the other race as inferior. So these are different issues that need to be tackled at different times. Within the black race, uh, there are different um, ethnic groups and different ethnic groups, they fight amongst themselves and so forth and so on. It's one question that needs to be dealt with, um, but it does not mean as we deal with uh, 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 what called tensions between different ethnic groups, we can't simultaneously deal with racism. Unfortunately, it doesn't, the world does not work in that way. We can simultaneously tackle all these, um, all these issues at once um, and hoping that at some point in time we arrive at a space where all these different, um, uh, the, the differences that we have as, as people are embraced and we are embracing them as part of our diversity and we enjoy uh, life. Um, as a people, and we see ourselves perhaps as just one race, the human race, if we are all able to acknowledge that, despite the fact that we come from different ethnic groups, despite the fact that we come from different um, uh, racial groups, we are, we are all humans, so we embrace that that is humanity. That's why in Africa we, we've got the, the, the philosophy of Ubuntu, to say, uh, despite all our differences, we, we, we know that I am because you are. If you are not what you, if you are not an individual that you are, I wouldn't also be in a position to define myself being what I am, because there wouldn't be anything else to compare with. And again, uh, looking at Ubuntu, we are saying we can, together as a people, we can get better and we can advance to next stages of development by coming together as a people. So it is important that we acknowledge all these differences and all the challenges and be in a position to also take them simultaneously. It's not a linear kind of um, approach that we, we seek to have, but it should be that that affords us space to tackle different things at the same time. Mandoli? A-team is, uh, we are discussing tackling or dealing with racism in our evolving society with Dr. Mbumele Lungube. Please also weigh in on the conversation by calling in on 011 SMS is go to 41391 and your voice notes can be sent to 0614-104107. Let's go to some voice notes. Good evening, Patricia and, and your guests. Yes, there is. Uh, uh, there still is sadly uh, racism, um, particularly uh, the exclusion. Uh, for instance, in former Model C schools, uh, where uh, school fees are high, where the governing bodies vote for high school fees to exclude, because exclusion is the is one of the elements of racism to exclude people uh, because of their race. So uh, you you must have uh, some advantages. You must have something to exclude others from. Like uh, when you remember that uh, even in hospitals, some uh, establishments, black people were excluded. So there should be an exclusion of some sort. Uh, that that's uh, another form of racism. Uh, good evening, uh, my sister. On this uh, uh, knee, a binding uh, story, my sister. I think 
we are going back to where we, we, we we've been oppressed by uh, the old uh, government. It's a way, it's a new thing of uh, oppressing people to do things that uh, when majority says we must do it, we must all be abide about that. No, that is a, a new form of uh, oppressing other people. Good evening to you, Patricia and the guests. It's Mark on the road to Devon. I really concur with the guest that is standing against. If Tikoko did that, when he's got such an attitude in his heart, saying he's standing because he's standing against it, then it was right. But otherwise, the expression of him standing, others when they were kneeling down, it was an outstanding sort of an action which draws the attention of the people. Why is he standing when others are kneeling, are bowing down? So, but otherwise, as according to the explanation, as he said, for him he now to stand against, which is very correct to stand against, because kneeling down, when you put kneeling down, you are bowing down to it. You are respecting it. But otherwise, we don't know the attitude of his heart. Thank you. Mark on the road to Denver. Thank you very much, A-teamers, uh, for weighing in with those voice notes. Dr. Ngube, please uh, come in and uh, just give us uh, what your thoughts are around uh, the three comments that we had on voice notes. Yes. Um, thank you again. Maybe let me start with the last one, where it talks of, again, which I, which I have touched on, uh, standing or standing against racism or kneeling or bowing to it. In, in actual fact, you've got, you, you've got individuals who kneel, you know, bend their knees, and it will be easy for us, and we will be at ease, and uh, think that, oh, those who are kneeling, they, they are actually against racism. When in actual fact, they're just bowing to the pressure, uh, the societal pressure, because they don't want to be, uh, you, you know, they, they don't want to be seen, for instance, in the manner in which Quentin Tikok did. Now, all of a sudden, there's a national dialogue around that because of what he did. There are others who don't want to be in the spotlight in that way, and they'll choose to kneel. When in actual fact, in, 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 they are inherently racist in, in themselves. So, and you, we, we've heard of all these stories of racism, especially in cricket South Africa. You, 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 you can read about that. It is, it, it is in bed. Others have documented it as well. So, so who's better? He who stands out and, uh, and ignites a national uh, dialogue um, uh, or the one who kneels uh, and we think that everybody is, is in solidarity when in actual fact they are racist, um, they, 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 they are an outright racist. If we would rather deal with an individual whom we, whom, whom we, we can easily identify. For instance, in this case, um, the fact that Quentin Tikok uh, chose to stand does not necessarily mean that he's racist. He only stood up, uh, and as we've, as we've indicated, and he just justified why he stood up. And now he, he has ignited a, a national dialogue where we say, um, perhaps we even need to revisit this to say, in our context in South Africa, we need to kneel. Um, he, he, as I indicated, that when you kneel to anything, you are bound down to, you are actually giving that thing, um, what was, uh, making it supreme over you. If it's an individual, you are acknowledging that that person is higher than you in whatever hierarchy you are using. So that is, that, that is our context in Africa. Um, so it is important that we also look at uh, detect things within their context and say, okay, but perhaps he's got, a, he's got a point. But otherwise we can easily, you know, scoff him off and say, no, we don't care whatever the context is. In this case, we are also saying they must abide by what others have started, which was started in, um, in America in 2016. 
Then there's an issue of exclusion, of course, being fact racism. You know, we, we've been as black people, we've been excluded in so many, um, in so in so many in so many ways. And he indicated that there are schools where you go there, you realize that from time to time, and it, 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 you know, tuition is being raised, and you realize that the manner in which it's in which it is being raised, it is a form of exclusion on its own. And you realize that those who fall by the wayside are those who are, who are not economically um, powerful. Uh, and those who are not econ- economically powerful, it the majority of them will be black. We're not saying all of them, but the majority of them will be black. black. And as a result, you find that as a black parent, now you need to find um, a cheaper school somewhere where you, near where you, you, you stay. And where, where you stay, in most cases, the majority of black people, they stay in, in, in townships and, of course, in the... Uh, in the rural area. So you end up finding uh, a cheaper school close to where you are. So it's a form of exclusion and it's a form of such racism because it will have that racial connotation in it. And again, if you look at, you get to look at, um, there's no way in which you can do uh, what, what dispute that racism, there's other racism and there's racism everywhere. Um, especially when you get to look at our context in South Africa, where we look at that there's, uh, the majority of our people are are living below the, the poverty line. And who, who is that majority? Uh, it, it will be your, your, your black population. So in other words, others will say poverty has got a color on it, and that color being black. Not to say, they, um, I mean, all white people, there is no white person who, who is living below the poverty line. There are such white people who are living below the poverty line. But the vast majority of them, they can afford, you know, they, they can afford, but the vast majority of black people they can't afford. So that is again, it is still along the racial lines, but it has got history to it, as we indicated that it has got um, 300 years um, of, of, of history where people, black people, were systematically marginalized. That's why that's why we find ourselves where we are. And in order for you to actually move out of that, um, you, you know, space where you also, you know, viewed also as living below the poverty line, it's such a mammoth task. That's why then, you know, governments are in different places um, and will then come up with national development plans. Those national development plans are a way for, for government to intervene because if you live life to be, um, you, you know, regulated by the market, there is no way in which actually you're going to address these, these issues of poverty and so forth and so on. So the government then comes in to intervene. And as it intervenes, then you realize that in South Africa, we've got free education, um, free primary health, and, and, and so forth and so on. So it is a way of trying to ensure that you remove, you, you try and hold the, 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 the hand of the black, black majority who are living below the poverty line, who can't afford um, education uh, to actually, you know, stand up and try uh, try and equalize that 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 graph. And once you give education to a, you, you know, you give education to the vast majority who are black, you you also you are giving them a chance uh, of survival in, in the world. And there's proof to that that the majority of those who have been given education, they tend to be better individuals um, as they grow up in as far as their economic circumstances are concerned. But then, of course, there will be other um, issues that, are unfortunately, that affect that whole equilibrium. Ah, for instance, as you can see, the, the, the economic, uh, the economic um, situation that we face with, and, um, of course, issues of unemployment. Most of the young people are coming out of um, you know, universities and colleges. They don't find any, any employment. And, again, it's something that needs to be addressed, and government has to intervene on that to ensure that this is addressed. Otherwise, 
it will take many centuries and centuries for black people to be where white people are currently are because they the way interventions for them to be where they are. So the same applies to black people. They should be intervention to ensure that you remove them from where they are to a better position in life. Manduli. Oh, Dr. Ngube, we are still faced with a mammoth task to make sure that this equality in our rainbow nation is as beautiful as it needs to be. Um, we are still in need of uh, these reconciliations and chats and interactions with each other. Uh, although we've made great strides, as you said initially, but there's still a lot of work to be done. And it starts with each individual, each household, each community. Because I believe we do have a beautiful nation. And uh, if we all do the right thing, then we will see that racism will be a thing of the past. So, on that note, yeah, on that note, I just want to thank you so very much for joining us. It is always such a great pleasure having you, especially because you agreed at the last minute um, when Jackie Pamutsu couldn't make it due to load shedding and you experiencing a lot of rain in your area and some load shedding as well, but your device was on. So it's much appreciated. Thank you so very much. Thank you very much, Dr. It's always a great pleasure to be in your space. I enjoy actually interacting with the A-team. Thank you, team. Have a good evening. How do we get in touch with you on social media platforms? I mean, as a social worker, you must have so much in-depth knowledge and can help our A-teamers. Yeah, um, you, you can find me on um, on Twitter, which will be Mwe underscore Melelo. Uh, but you can also find me if you look at our university, the University of the Free State. Uh, you can find me, you can also find me on Facebook, which is Pumele Um So yeah, those are the different platforms where you can find me. Of course, on Instagram, I'm also there as well, trying to keep up with, it, with the evolving society as well. <laughs> Thank you so very much for joining us. Have a great evening. A-teamers, that rounds up the Thursday edition and the last day of the week for us as uh, Late Night Conversations. Uh, we are hoping that you're going to have a great weekend ahead. We will be back on Monday evening at 10 p.m. until midnight. But we are available on social media platforms at SAFM Radio at Patricia N. Nduli. Remember that at 3 a.m. you get the opportunity to wake up with the beautiful and soothing voice of Asanda Beta on Sound Awake. So make sure that you wake up early. May goodness and grace lead you all to the great heights of success.